It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Magic offense getting better? Question mark? Wendell Carter, a big part of it? We're going to go through the Magic offense, and one of the things that's kind of made it unique and made it work a little bit better, or perhaps a sign that it could be better, coming up on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 7th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossereich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's offense and the ways that it simplified itself and tried to improve and actually did improve a little bit um, during these this 10 games that the Magic have been in health and safety protocols for the most part. Uh, we'll get to that. Plus, Wendell Carter's role in improving that offense and how he has stepped up his game as an offensive leader. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's at work, on break, at lunch, during a workout, on your way home, on your way to the game, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast also brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. The Orlando Magic um, are not a good offensive team. Let's just get that out of the way first. I think they're 28th, 29th in the league in offensive rating. This is this is a team that has long struggled to score. Um, and so it, it's still one of the big pieces of this team's puzzle is, yes, Cole Anthony is a more dynamic scorer than the Magic have had in a very long time. Franz Wagner is putting up some very strong scoring numbers. And, and, and honestly, I would say when you look at the Magic's starting group uh, and look at the Magic's you know kind of key players, um, it, they're, they're not blowing the doors off offensively, obviously, but they're still plenty good. They still do plenty of good work, and they still um, put themselves... In a really good position. In a really good position, the Magic's offensive struggles is more about their depth. You know, right now Terrence Ross is really the only guy they have coming off their bench who um, is reliable offensively. Um, and then they have, and then those bench units and some of their starting groups will go through long droughts. So I, I do think the Magic's offense is better situated um, and better set up. And and I think 
I think you know the other issue is I think the Magic's offensive strategy and, and and game plan is very read and react, and I think it takes a certain kind of player to do that. It's not structure based. It's it's um, reactionary. It's very it's very kind of free flowing, and, and a little it gives the players a little bit more freedom. And obviously, when you have young players who are still figuring their games out and figuring out how to beat defenses, um, I think those free flowing offenses can can gum can gum up sometimes. And I think we've definitely seen that over the course of the year. But the so the Magic's offense again. We're just going to start there. Overall, you know, top to bottom, not good. Um, it's definitely an area where the Magic still have to improve. Um, they do fall in love with three point shooting a little too much. They take a few too many threes for my liking. Um, they settle for three pointers a lot. That's that's probably not who this team is. Um, you want to see them try and get in the paint and kick out. I, I always I always get frustrated. And this is throughout the league. I get frustrated when you don't get a paint touch before you kick out to the three point line. However. The Magic's offense is improving, and that's been abundantly clear uh, over the course of the last few, uh, over the last ten games, even with the Magic playing so many te- guys on ten-day contracts and all that. Um, yes, you know the Magic are not blowing the doors off there either, but there is some very measurable improvement, even with all these players that are in and, and the influx of new players that have uh, that have come into the team. Uh, since the Magic first started dealing with the COVID outbreak, uh, so the last 10 games, Orlando has an offensive rating of 104.9 points per 100 possessions. Not a good number at all. You, you know, your top teams are above 110. Um, you know, 107 is probably the league average. So Magic are still a below average offense. I'm not sitting here saying that they're, they're, they're significantly better offensively. And of course, all that has to do with the, the players that they have. For the season, though, Orlando has a 103 offensive rating. So, uh, uh, again, measurable improvement. We're not talking about a team that's, you know, destroying the world, but they're like, last 10 games, they're like 23rd in the league, which, again, much is it good, but is much better than, say, 29th, 28th in the league. Um, so, the Magic are starting to get into their offense a little bit better. Jamal Mosley said before Wednesday's game, that he feels like the team's pace is a lot better, that they're playing with a lot more intensity, which I would agree with. I think observationally they're doing that. Um, they're not getting more possessions, which is what you know Pace has said on, on all the stat sites. Um, but I would agree they are running through and getting into their offense much quicker and, and with much better pace, and I think that's obviously a big part of what the Magic want to be. Um, fast break points are still not up. This, this team has been very good at getting their possessions up over the last few weeks. Um, but they are not getting more fast break points, which to me suggests the pace is being dictated to them rather than them dictating the pace. It's something I think the Magic still need to improve on. But again, there is still these measurable signs of improvement offensively. Remember that 110 number I told you? Well, over the last 10 games, over the last two weeks or so, half of the team's top 10 most used lineups have have an above team average offensive rating, so that's obviously good, and four of them have an offensive rating better than 110 points per 100 possessions. That's pretty good. And of course, notably too, the worst of these offensive lineups were groups with the starters playing alongside Tim Frazier and Michael Mulder, which certainly suggests having Cole Anthony back, having Markel Fultz back, just having quality point guards is going to help this team's offense immeasurably. And I think that's actually one of the big reasons why the Magic have struggled Um have struggled uh, with their bench units because R.J. Hampton really isn't a point guard. Jalen Suggs is a rookie. Um, you know he struggles. He struggles at times to run the point. Um, and beyond that, you know Magic have been using 
Tim Frazier, Hassani Gravit, who's played well, mind you. Um, they've used guys that, you know, aren't, you know, again, aren't, you know, Tim Frazier, Michael Mulder, Hassani Gravit, you know, they're they're still figuring out the NBA and still discovering if they're they're they can play and especially play point guard at an NBA level. So again, this shows just how critical it is. Cole Anthony was back in the lineup Wednesday for the Magic. The Magic had a 116.7 offensive rating against the Sixers, a pretty good defensive team. Granted, without Tyrese Maxey, without Matisse Thybul, um, a pretty good defensive team. 116.7 points per 100 possessions with Cole Anthony in the lineup. Um, you could first quarter again. It, it, Cole Anthony exited the game. The Magic's offense, you know, kind of stalled. They went from a seven-point lead to like a two-point deficit uh, pretty quickly uh, in, in that span. And again, it just shows how important. Cole Anthony has been. The starting group actually in Wednesday's game had a 150 offensive rating in 10 minutes played. Now, granted, that's an extremely small sample size that tells you the offensive flow and the offensive uh, um, play that this this team can can play with. Um, in the meantime, over the last 10 games, Franz Wagner, Gary Harris, and Terrence Ross in his limited time, because he's been in COVID protocols as well, have all found their groove. Wagner in the last 10 games is averaging 20.8 points per game while shooting a 49.7% effective field goal percentage. Ross is averaging 22 points per game in the three games he played in that time span. Gary Harris continued his revival, averaging 17.8 points per game with a 56.1% effective field goal percentage. He made 40.3% of his three-point shots in that time. A lot of what the Magic have had to do is simplify their offense. Um, obviously, they were integrating a lot of new guys, so they just kind of went back to the bare bones of what they do um, and leaned heavily on guys that they can rely on and they can trust to run their offense and run their sets. Um, they were able to still attack. They were still able to find gaps. And only and, and adding players like Cole Anthony and adding players um, back from the health and safety protocols is only going to help this team. Um, you know, again, this, this the biggest issue that this Magic team faces at this juncture is this is this talent gap, is this talent deficit, um, and it's something that the team continues to improve upon, and, and clearly it's something the team um, is slowly coming out. Of. Knock on wood, the Magic seem to be nearing full health, and, and that's obviously uh, such a good sign for this team. The offense this year is probably not going to be among the best in the league. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, We're not looking at this team being a top half of the league offense. We're not looking at this team being one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're still probably missing a few players and certainly some depth to get there. But we are seeing offensive improvement. And especially as guys get healthy, especially as guys work their way back in the lineup, this team's going to get a lot better at it. Um, and, and, and figure out exactly what Coach Mosley's trying to do. And like I've said, I, I know the results aren't quite there yet, but I do like some of the concepts that Mosley has implemented. Um, I do like this freelance style. I think that it's going to ultimately benefit this team in the long run, especially as they get healthier, especially as they get more experience. Um, and, and I think that this, this offense, you know, again, I'm not expecting with this group particularly to be a top offense in the league, but I do think we'll see drastic improvement, especially as they continue to improve defensively, which is probably the bigger concern at this midpoint of the season. One of the reasons the Magic's offense is working so well, though, is Wendell Carter. I'll talk about the growth in his game and where the Magic move on with Wendell Carter coming up here in just a moment. But first, I've been playing prize picks now for the last couple weeks, actually. I I finally signed up for it. Uh, and I can tell you that it, it when when we say it's fantasy made easy, um, it really is. Um, it, it's really intuitive. It's really you know frankly it 
compared to other daily fantasy sports sites that I've used, winning is a lot more often, and that makes you a lot happier. Um, and, and you win a lot too, actually. The way prize picks works, it, it's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. So you get a prop, which is essentially uh, an over-under on, on what a player is going to do. You want to take in Saturday's game against the Detroit Pistons, Franz Wagner maybe over under 18 and a half points. You want to take that over, you hit the over. And what you do is you group together a bunch of a bunch of uh, these picks, um, whether uh, you can do it across sports, you can do it uh, over different stat categories. You group together a bunch of these picks, and if you win three of the five or four of the five, you win a certain amount. You win a certain amount of money depending on the offer of the day. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. They offer any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. All of our, all of you guys that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use promo code NBA. I can tell you, I dropped in $100, got that deposit match. I'm still not through my whole deposit match. I've already doubled my money. I've already doubled my, my money in winning. So that's the kind of that's the kind of thing you can do with prize picks if you know your stuff. Here's how it works. Again, you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. You don't have to worry about professional players who do nothing but sit down and make their lineups and drive down the price or drive down how difficult, how hard it is to win money in these DFS games. Again, Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. So if you want to bet on Tom Brady as well as Franz Wagner on Sunday, you can go do that. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's literally that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing PrizePix, you honestly don't know what you're missing. Today's podcast also brought to you by Shopify. Look, we all love that sound, the sound of another sale makes you smile, especially if you're a business owner. Um, Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business and make more of that beautiful sound. Shopify gives entrepreneurs resources once reserved for big business so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, this podcast started out, we were bare bones, didn't even have a good microphone. I was using one of those headset microphones that came in through only one channel. Um, I was really just doing this to to, do, to be a podcast, to provide for the listeners. Slowly, slowly sponsors came in and now we're, we're selling everything. Uh, and, and we use Shopify to keep track of everything because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase on that, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA.
We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day or part of your day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Wendell Carter um, has has been a bit of a surprise, I think, for the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, look, we, we all, I think, expected him to be a solid defender. Um, we expected him to be a good screener. We expected him to, to do the occasional post-up. Um, you know, the Magic got, I think everyone feels like the Magic got him on a pretty good deal on that, uh, on that four-year, $50 million, uh, $50 million extension that they, that they, got, they gave him. Um, everyone, I think, feels pretty good about, about the way that Carter's playing. Um, again, his averages aren't fantastic, I, I, I don't think. But Carter has been a, a real revelation. But the area that, you know, again, three, adding the three-point shooting, all, all that stuff. But the real area where I think Carter has grown the most is, is as sort of the fulcrum of the Magic's offense. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the offense and how it's a pretty freelance offense. It's a lot of reading, reading and reacting. There's not a lot of set plays. You know, there's some actions to get guys open and, and to set things up, but for the most part, it's a lot of, you know, swing the ball here, do this action, try and attack. If the attack isn't there, swing the ball to the next guy, do this action. It's it's very kind of layered in that way. And again, I think some of it is a lot of players just understanding when to attack, how to attack, how to how to how to space the floor a little bit, how to kick out. Um, it, it's just learning the reads. And, and I think what, what especially without Cole Anthony out there. What was really impressive to me over the last 10 games is how Wendell Carter has become kind of a traffic director for this team. Um, how he's become someone who, who organizes the team. Uh, in Thursday's game against Milwaukee Bucks, or last Thursday's game against Milwaukee Bucks, um, I was watching Wendell Carter, and you know he, a lot of the Magic's offense runs through Carter at the elbow. Like He'll, he'll get the ball either at the top of the key, or at the elbow and do dribble handoffs to kind of get the offense moving, to, to try and spring spring a point guard free or spring someone free. And so Wendell Carter has a lot of reads in this offense. Um, they will they will give the ball to him. He'll have the option either to do a dribble handoff to, to the guy coming around the screen, turn and face, try and dump the ball into the post where, where Mo might be or where someone's cutting the basket, um, or initiate the next phase of the action and, and swing the ball to the next side, set up a pick and roll, he has a lot of responsibility and really, uh, again, does a lot of reads to initiate the actions of this offense. Again, watch watch him. He touches the ball a lot in that high post um, and becomes becomes a real big part of the offense. Um, there's, a, there's a play um, in, I think it was the second quarter of last Thursday's game against Milwaukee where Carter got the ball in the high post and pointed for Franz Wagner to to cut back door. Like the, the lane was open. There's a backdoor cut, and it's one of the rare times that, that Franz didn't kind of see it. Um, and Carter pointed it out. And obviously, when, once you point it out on the floor, it's, it's already too late. Um, and so Carter, you know, again, did the smart... The, the offense was a little jumbled because of this. But, but Carter did the smart thing. He swung the ball to Gary Harris. Franz cut through, uh, got, got out of the way. Um, and, and then they set up a pick and roll. Or they set up a, a, a give and go. Harris... get. Ran a pick and roll with Carter, dished it back to Carter, and then cut back door, and Carter fed him perfectly. Um, it's a, it was a really, really nice play. It was a really good sequence, and, and there's a lot of really good sequences like this. 
um, where the Magic do stuff like this. So that's why I, that's why I'm, I'm I'm very bullish about this Magic offense. I, I do think the Magic um, are figuring figuring stuff out offensively, and I think that they're going to get a lot better offensively. But one of the reasons why I, I, I think this is because Carter has proven himself now to be a pretty solid de- offensive fulcrum. Like, he is the fulcrum of the offense. A lot of stuff runs through him, and, and he makes a lot of really good decisions. Like, look, his assists aren't crazy. I think it's like three, two, three assists per game, which, again, for centers, not terrible. Um, it's not about the assists he's getting. It's the screens he's setting. It's the tone he's setting. It's the decisions that he makes that, that kind of start the offense moving downhill. Um, and I would venture to guess that when he touches the ball and, and makes makes uh, an incisive pass, more more often than not, it's a good play. Carter has been a big organizing factor for this team's offense, especially in Cole Anthony's absence. Um, he has been a, a huge player, and I think an underrated player uh, in this sense. Um, he can he can really pass really well out of the high post. Um, he's really kind of grown and expanded his offensive game, and I think that's. That's been really impressive to see and really impressive. And obviously, adding three, the three-point shot makes him a bigger threat. Uh, he's been more willing to take threes. He's taken, he's made more threes this year than he's made in, in his previous uh, three seasons combined. Um, he's been solid defensively. Uh, he's been really, really good. Um, and, and he's been willing to make plays and pass the ball. And, you know, again, he's averaging, what, two and a half, somewhere between two and a half and three assists per game. But he's had some big assist games. He had a five-assist game against Milwaukee last week. He's had a six- or seven-assist game already this year. So the passing is really there. The passing is something that's really, really, really developed. More interesting interesting to note, too. Wendell Carter is third on the team in touches per game. So he does have the ball in his hands a lot. He's only behind Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, who, of course, are point guards and should be touching the ball a lot. Um, and Carter is really not too far behind Suggs in terms of touches per game. He's got four assists per game, uh, four screen assists per game. Excuse me, um, that's thir- uh, that was thirteenth in the entire league last week. So he is someone that sets up his teammates really, really well, and that's personally why I've been really excited with Wendell Carter. Um, the Magic have found new ways to use him. They've, they've used him as that high post passer in much the same way that that the Magic used Nikola Vucevic for a long time. And while Carter's not nearly the efficient uh, score score and post up player that that Nikola Vucevic was. Having a, a multifaceted center who can pass from the high post and, and find guys is so incredibly valuable. It's so important. It's so good. And it's one of the reasons why I think we should be really, really excited about when, what Wendell Carter has done so far this season. Um, he's been a real big, ex- he's really expanded his game offensively, and I think that's really exciting to see. We'll talk about some odds and ends. The Magic resigning Admiral Schofield plus. A look ahead to this weekend's games against the Pistons and the Wizards. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. I've got mine. I'm trying to work on mine. It is about getting fit. It is about eating a little bit healthier. It's about just staying active as much as I can, probably getting a little bit more sleep as well. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it powers me through my resolutions. It gets me through every single day. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to the resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. And unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, and taste terrible, um, you'll actually want to have one. You'll be excited to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate to help you get through. 
Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So get rid of that candy bar. Have a built bar instead. Gives you the protein you need with fewer calories and a taste just like it. And there's so many great flavors to choose from, from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code uh, LOCK15 and get 15% off your again. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. The Orlando Magic made a little bit of a roster move on Thursday, signing uh, Admiral Schofield to a two-way contract and dropping Michael Mulder. Schofield was uh, has been on the Lakeland Magic all season. He was in training camp with the Magic. Uh, he's play, he, he was signed to one of the emergency 10-day contracts, which expired on Wednesday. Um, to, to one of the emergency 10-day contracts as the Magic dealt with, the, uh, with their battles with COVID, with health and safety protocols. Um, for the Magic in nine games, including one start, he averaged 4.8 points per game and 16.9 minutes per game. He shot 54.3% from the floor with a 61.4% effective field goal percentage. Not a great three-point shooter, but he doesn't take that many to begin with, only about two, only two per game. Um, 3.1 rebounds per game, again, limited minutes there. But Schofield was really, really impressive. Uh, I think the Magic really liked his defensive size and energy. Um, he was able to get into the paint, able to get into the basket. And again, I think the big thing that's keeping him from kind of sticking in the NBA is that three-point shooting. He's only shot 29.4% from beyond the arc. Um, five for 17. He's 31.1% in his lone season with the Wizards uh, in 2020. Um, so there's definitely something there that the ma- that you know that that his big bugaboo is he's got to become a better three-point shooter if he wants to stick. But you know the Magic rewarding a guy um, who's given a lot of time to Lakeland, played very very well in Lakeland, as well as a guy who. Um, who has just been, who just was there when the Magic needed him and played well in those minutes. Um, you know, I think that's that's to be expected. It would not be surprising to me if the Magic drop Ignas Brzezakis from a two-way contract and give um, and give a, uh, a a two-way deal to Hassani Gravit or Billy Gle- or, or, or Freddie Gillespie. Um, uh, so you know, I think I think there are still roster moves to come for the Orlando Magic. The last day 
for the remaining two 10-day guys. That's Tim Frazier and Freddie Gillespie. The, their last day is Saturday, I believe. So Saturday will be their last their last day with the team um, before the Magic have to make a decision on their contracts. Of course, Orlando now coming out of COVID protocols. Um, Robin Lopez and Marco Fultz remain the only two players in health and safety protocols. I believe they are eligible to come out come out of health and safety protocols right now. Um, and so we may arrive at practice in a, little, in a little bit here today and find out no one's in health and safety protocols anymore. And so this time will be over, and so there will be no more need for these hardship exemptions. The Atlanta Magic this weekend will have two games. They'll take on the Detroit Pistons on Saturday um, in Detroit. Um, I'm not afraid to say this. This is no offense to the Detroit Pistons. This is a must-win game for the Orlando Magic. I know there's a lot of people out there thinking about draft position and knowing that Orlando and Detroit are currently fighting for the worst record in the league. Um, no, stop it. No, no. This Magic team has been really close to a win. They've been knocking on the door for a win. They need the confidence. They need the belief. They need the proof of concept that what they are doing is working, that what they are building, what they are playing does work and can help them, um, can, can, can deliver them wins. Um, and uh, you want to beat a team like Detroit. Um, look, you know, you're going to steal some wins from good teams here and there. Beat the bad teams. Prove that you're better than the bad teams. Um, you know, Detroit already got Orlando once. That was kind of a schedule loss. Orlando really kind of gave that game away. I was not happy that they lost that game. This is a game they have to win. Um, this team has played hard. They've done all the right things. They have earned a win. They have earned a chance to win a game. Um, and they need the confidence to win a game. Um, this is this is a this is a golden opportunity to win. I know Detroit is playing playing decently well with Kate Cunningham. They just beat Milwaukee this week, but they just gave a hundred gave up 140 to Charlotte. Um, again, Orlando has to feel confident that it can win games. Um, provided that Cole's playing, provided that Wendell's playing, this is a game the Magic should win, and I don't think we should expect anything less from them. Beating Washington on Sunday will be a tougher challenge, but Washington's also struggling. So you know, again. The Magic have done a lot of really good things. We've said it here on the podcast. They are they are playing well enough to win games right now, just missing that little bit. They need a win just for confidence, just to, just to give themselves the know-how and the knowledge that, hey, we can still do this. Um, and I think that's that's really, really important, especially in a season where you're not going to get a lot of wins. Um, we're halfway through the season. This is the worst start in the first 39-game start in Magic history. The Magic deserve to be better. The Magic have played better than their record. They deserve a few wins. They're going to get some here very, very soon, I think, especially when Markel is back, which which appears to be coming up on the horizon. Um, I think that this is a golden opportunity for the Magic to win. I, there's, there aren't must-win games for a team in the Magic situation, but I, I think the Magic should be really pushing to get this win. They need this win. They have to win. They don't have to win this game, but I really think they have to win this game. I think that, that this is an important game for building the confidence and building the the building kind of the 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 capital, so to speak, of of okay, what we're doing can work. We just have to keep putting the pieces together. They 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 need to see it work, and, and so I think that's a big part of this game. Tip off on Saturday in Detroit is at seven. Tip off in Orlando against the Wizards on Sunday is at six. We'll have a complete recap of the Wizards game uh, on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You, of course, listen to us wherever you download podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. 
Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic, we're on Locked on Magic. This is Phil Frost and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.